This is episode eight with executive director for the BCFS Emergency Management Division, Dakota Duncan. This is Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson. Finally realizing my master's degree only taught me so much, I decided to start on a journey to learn more about what it truly means to be a pencil leader and how we can leave a positive mark on people and the world around us. So each week, I'm going to bring you a topic or a guest that will help guide us on our way to grow and leave a positive mark wherever we go. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Brian Billick said, Passion, emotion, and intensity are good, but they've always got to be under control. From firefighter and paramedic, and his nine years in the Navy, along with numerous college degrees in safety and emergency management, Dakota's experiences has helped him get to the point of having good emotional control and the ability to lead others through disasters. All right, guys, we got Dakota on the show today. We want to welcome Dakota. Thanks so much for being on the show, Dakota. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem, man. Hey, first off, if you just want to tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, right now, I, I currently um, oversee the BCFS Emergency Management uh, Division. Uh, it's a nonprofit, a very large nonprofit, and actually comprised of seven different nonprofits. And I, and I have the privilege of leading their Emergency Management Division, um, which is single-handedly one of the largest emergency management divisions uh, in the country, just shy of FEMA. And in some aspects, we can even uh, trump FEMA and some of their stuff. So major local government partner with them, uh, as well as the state of Texas, Louisiana, uh, a bunch of others. So firefighter, paramedic by trade. And uh, I had some some great mentors and some um, some really positive uh, influences in, in my life early on, and I was able to rise through the ranks and um, you know went from being uh, you know a, a truck guy with Halligan tools to uh, to end up leading state agencies and now uh, working with a nonprofit. That's so awesome! Yeah, it, and you guys, uh, information for Dakota will be in the show notes. Uh, just kind of seeing his journey through, whether it be through LinkedIn or whatnot, it's. It's pretty remarkable and really cool to see uh, just what all he's been through and what he's um, been a part of. And so I, I just say just check that out and just uh, it's, it's just really awesome what he's been able to do. Um, but, yeah, kind of with responding to disasters, it's kind of what we want to talk about today uh, and kind of like how that correlates to everyday life, leadership uh, and things that can go awry um, with anything we do. So kind of what is the worst disaster that you um, has ever, have ever had to face um, or have responded to or anything like that? Sure. Um, well, coming from Indiana, uh, a lot of my initial response was tornadoes, straight line winds. We had some freezing damages that I was up in Michigan for, for one of those responses. Um, and then I got into doing some work with some of the FEMA teams. I went to like Hurricane Sandy um, and, a, and a few others, but you know, everybody's is different and, and why it's their worst is always kind of interesting. I think more so than I'm just sure. the worst. Um, Harvey was a worst disaster for oh. a lot of people. Yeah. You know? um, for me, it, 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 it was, I, I actually didn't even, uh, I wasn't even, I was in Texarkana during Harvey. Um, and so we did some coordination work with the state there. Um, you know, for me, a lot of like the worst, when you think of like what takes a toll on you, um, it, it wasn't, you know, devastation and trauma and all that, that, um, 
for me, one of the, it's kind of the worst just because you see it from a different perspective. Um, but it's also one of the most rewarding and that is doing the, um, unaccompanied minors, the kids that are coming okay. across the board when they have those influx and those surges because of my agency's, um, capacity and their experience, we do mass sheltering and public health. That's what we do. We're very good at it. Wow. Um, so for me, that was, uh, I actually spent about two months down in the, down in the border, uh, down the Valley in Texas. Just a couple, I just got back. Um, I remember end of August, not, not too long ago. Right. Uh, I got to do two months down there, large type one incident. We had a few hundred people, uh, about 1300 kids in total. Um, and it's crazy because, you know, you see what these kids come through and you see their journeys and you see, uh, firsthand what you don't hear about on the news. Mm. Um, you know, the care that we provide these kids is phenomenal. I mean, we've got soccer fields, full mm -hmm. education services. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And yeah. you want to be like, you just want to go out and like tell the world, like, right. oh, they're crazy. Like this is, these kids have it better than, I mean, any of us in the hotel. Right. Right. I mean, who knows? It was, uh, so it was very eye-opening, but it's difficult to, to have such high political um, involvement and scrutiny, I guess, even from a national level. Uh, um, and they don't, and they don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> it makes it very difficult to run those responses. Cause you see these kids that are, you know, 13, 14 years old, parents of the, of their own kids, you know, and they're, you know, you're pulling cactus needles out of their legs mm. and, you know, they've got, I mean, the worst of the worst conditions, um, not to mention like the psychological toll it takes on right. So for me, that was kind of my worst disaster, but it was also um, very rewarding to yeah. see the outcome and the turnaround and the smiles and all mm -hmm. that. So uh, like I said, everybody has different ones and it for depends sure. on what you're involved in. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, you get into some trauma and stuff like that. You get into, you know, more of your, your tornadoes where you see the entire town's leveled. Um, very depressing. Mm. Uh, but for me, it, it has to do with the, the border crisis is, is probably one of my biggest ones. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, and I, I would never have thought of as that, yeah, as a, like a disaster, but it is, and and that's definitely a different perspective because it's just nothing that I've seen. I've seen the tornado. I'm from Indiana as well, like you know, yeah. and uh, so yeah, that's that's a great perspective on it, and and something a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah, but, like with that, and with like responding to natural disasters, um, kind of shortly right after it happened. So there's a lot of emotions going on, a lot of thoughts, a lot of just everything all over the place how do you keep all those emotions kind of in check so you're able to do your job so you're able to help those people and, and do what needs to be done without like freaking out like some people are like i can't do it i'll, yeah. I'll go all over the place so how do you keep that in check um some of it's just the personality type i got gotcha. you know, what about first responders and firemen you talk about people that are type a personalities people that can and do function very well in those environments. If right. you're somebody that enjoys just knowing what to do and telling people what to do, you're going to do mm. uh, <laughs> If you're good at it, yeah. uh, you know, because you know, everybody, it, and it depends. There, there's a, there's some really interesting studies when you get into like the psychological aspects of disaster and post-disaster in the community. You talk about, you know, the initial rush and high and then the traumatic yep. drop, and then you go into a, you know, the community rebuild, and then it's a post-depression and then about, I mean, it's, it's like a year and a half long cycle. Um, so we even see for some of the responses that we go into that are 
recovery efforts, economic recovery, right. you see more of a disaster in the post-depression of a city mm. or a community that's fallen kind of apart and, and scattered and loneliness and isolation. Um, so it's, it's, it's very interesting when you, when you talk about the, the, um, the emotions and then the psychological impacts that disasters have, because it depends on where you're coming into the disaster. If you're in immediate response mode, you're, you have to essentially, and it's not probably the most healthy, you have to really compartmentalize that and you have to separate yourself from the chaos because you're there to fix it. Right. That's your job. You You come in and you're the responder and you're going crazy. You're you're a, you're the problem. Right. Um, so anyway, so, so, you know, being able to just kind of, I would say disassociate yourself a little bit. Um, but you know, the important part is you have to come back around and deal with that later. And a lot of guys, and that's when you get into a lot of PTSD issues and stuff. For sure. And that's kind of, was going to lead me to another question. Like, so I'm sure early on, it was kind of rough to keep that all locked down and then deal with it later. I'm sure, at least for me, it would it would take a while for me to figure out how to deal with that. How do you, how did you learn to deal with that? Or, or how do you deal with those, um, uh, keeping those emotions in? Uh, well, I learned the hard way. Like <laughs> okay. else I do. Uh, um, you know, I started as a fireman, as a medic and I was, yeah. I was young and I was extremely gun ho and I was working three or four different jobs full time. And so I was constantly in different environments. Uh, and I had a lot of great experiences and I didn't have the maturity at that age to deal with what I was doing with. So I would just put it down, respond, come in as the hero, close the door and leave. And I'm good. Right. Rock star. And it, it, it took a toll uh, on me that I didn't initially recognize. You know, you, you, a lot of times you don't feel bad. You don't like you're like, I was great. Like, I, I, it's not even bothering me. Right. And then a year, two years, three years down the road, it starts to compile. And yeah. for me, a lot of that was growth for one. Um, but I, I just, I, and I read a ton. And so I started reading a lot about, you know, um, dealing like with some anxiety and dealing with psychological behaviors and dealing with emotions and that mm-hmm. emotional maturity, you know, and that was something that, uh, once I started to work through that and recognize and have that awareness of what, it, what I was feeling, what I was doing and how I was acting and how it affected my decision-making, you start to work through it in a really healthy manner. Right. Um, it, it just, you have to be cognizant of it at first. And I wasn't, and it snuck up on me and oh, yeah. you know, doing that. You had, I had to, uh, you know, um, take a hard look in the mirror and do some reevaluation and kind of figure out what I was doing. And, um, and there's not really an easy answer, I guess. Right. No. And, and there's definitely, I mean, even in the real world, like people deal with stressors all the time mm-hmm. that they might compartmentalize, um, and never deal with it could be the loss of a loved one it could be just a financial uh, burden it could be who knows what and, and a lot of times people play that off like oh yeah I'm good or oh yeah I'm doing good oh I'm doing okay like and they just stick it back there and they don't deal with it um, from your experience like what have you seen from people who don't deal with that healthily like has it like, have they just fallen out of the game? Like, what what have you noticed? So, um, in part of kind of learning some of those lessons the hard way, I actually had a lot of friends that have um, that have killed themselves mm. uh, in, in the line of in the line of duty. Um, I actually two in the past six months. Um, you know, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, 
top of their game and just completely um, checked out. Man. And it, it was, it, it's difficult when you work by these people, you know, 12 hour shifts, three mm-hmm. days a week, you spend more time with them than you do with your own family. Right. And it, it becomes very difficult to do. So I, I've seen a lot of that because I've, I've lost a lot of good friends right? Um, and, and even some good mentors to it. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, there's, the, the it, it plays a lot um, on your growth, I guess, in the profession, um, whether it's public safety or emergency management or whatever it is, you know, when you, when you go through that and you go through it every year, six mm-hmm. months, every six months, you're, right. you're putting that, that black bat, that black, you know, thing across your badge, like, um, you, you become extremely desensitized to it mm. and, you be, and you just, you kind of shut down. And for yeah. me, uh, I went through that and I had to, you know, you're either going to do one or two things. You're either going to succumb to the pressure and you're going to just shut down and you're going to be miserable and you're going to be crushed or you're going right. to use it as fuel and you're going to make something and do something with it. And, sure. and, um, being the, being the, the fighter type that I am, I yeah. use it fuel and and I use it to my advantage and I started learning about you know all the different things and it started shining that light into me into my life which is painful by the way uh, because people don't want that you know you don't you don't want to know all of the hurt you don't want to know absolutely right that you have you know and you start to really peel that back and deal with those emotions and it's um it's just life-changing it really is yeah and that's a huge, huge topic that I think is getting more light is the just like the mental health and yeah. the PTSD and um, being okay to open up about what we're struggling with, uh, especially men in general. Um, not that women haven't struggled with opening up, but you hear more men have a hard time doing it. And I think it's finally coming more to light. And it's, it's, it's a real shame when, when you have conversations or you put something out there like on social media and you hear people um respond to it in a in a negative way like oh that's just the culture's getting so weak they're soft for dealing with it. i'm like man yeah. they just look so close-minded and I they don't see the problem yeah game. it's like there's still people that way which is sad sure because we need to really i think focus on that the health um the mental health and how how it affects people and we're hearing more about it all the time now and so yeah. Yeah, being able to kind of see that and, and find and I, the need I think for help. Some of the things that we respond to are worse than they were before. I mean, mm-hmm. you get more domestics and you know more um, you know assault and batteries. You get more violent crimes and, and traumatic that, the, that you didn't have all, right. all that much. You know, um, you know, even just some of the terrorist stuff, the bombings and stuff like that. Like you didn't have that. 30, 40, 50 years right. ago. So those professionals that are dealing with that, that are older, are mm-hmm. struggling to deal with some of the new challenges that they're facing. Yeah. And so are the young ones that are coming yeah. into it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that older generation definitely has a harder time opening up just because that's how they're raised. I mean, sure, sure. Take it, get your nose down, grind to it and 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 deal with it internally. And and yeah, I think I think there's a slow change, but yeah, I think we see so much more uh traumatic things that we have to deal with uh as a culture in general now that um is bringing more of that to light and so i think like leaders in general have to to realize that because even in corporate setting you have people ending their lives unfortunately because of the stress 
of life and uh, not knowing how to deal with it. So do you have, and, and this might be outside your wheelhouse, but any knowledge, any, why is it important for a leader to have the pulse on their groups, their teams, so they can see the possibilities, the possible signs of these mental distresses? Well, one, that's your job as a leader. Your job is to take care of your own people. For sure. Um, and, you know, especially if you're younger and you're supervising people that are older than you, um, it, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I had that. In fact, fortunately, which was harder, but fortunately, everybody that I've ever led has always been older than <laughs> me. And so I just came up with how to, like, figure that out and how yeah. to with them and communicate with them in a manner that one didn't just shut them down but actually mm. you know they they gained respect for you um, and so you know leadership you have to be constantly attuned to that you know um you always have the the distractions that i call you know you're talking about budgets and your grants and yeah. um, it issues you know you have those things um it, it doesn't matter what your industry is whether you're in banking or disasters or right. you know it doesn't matter teacher you know you have to be in tune to what's going on because you're going to miss something yeah. um, actually one of the the guys that i have the privilege of working with now his, his two big things are why leaders fail lack of situational awareness and failure to act wow. and i see it over and over and over again um yeah you know, the tunnel but, vision yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or you just don't want to see it you don't want to deal with that issue Blinders yeah, you don't know how to deal with it or you don't, you don't, you know, it's not interesting, whatever it is. Like, you know, and I have things as a leader and lead teams, like there are things that I do that like I are, that are going on that I just, I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> and I know they're there like that lingering. I know there's a lingering relationship issue going on or something and I don't want to deal with it. Right. And, you know, you have to, um, you have to suck it up. Yeah. No, and you have to deal with it and you have to get good with dealing with conflict. Yeah. Uh, and you have to get good with dealing with uncomfortable situations. And, and as somebody who's literally dealt with uncomfortable situations <laughs> as a career, like that's yeah. what I do. And I, right. I love it. I, I didn't realize until about a year ago, how much I don't like dealing with interpersonal. Conflict. Mm. I, I have that people pleasing type, you know, thing. Right. So I started working on that and, and it's helped a lot in my leadership to be able to talk to people about uncomfortable situations in yeah. a manner that's not combating or, you know, disruptive, but it actually, you know, encourages them to open up or talk about it or, you know, however, however it needs to get resolved. Yeah, play out for sure. Yeah. So what would you say, like for leaders out there listening, like how can they go about maybe dealing with emotions, but also keeping that pulse on their teams uh, mm -hmm. to be aware of what's going on and deal with these conflicts. Are there, you got anything tips that you use to help you or yeah. that you've learned along the way? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Um, one, you actually have to care and you actually have right. to, yeah, that's true. It, yeah. sounds, it sounds, you know, simple and silly, but it, it, you literally actually have to care about the people that are entrusted to your care and you have to care about their well-being and their For life. Sure. Yeah. You have to know what's going on with them as a person, not just how they perform as a job mm. and or, or as an employee. And, you know, so I think that that's one of the big ones. You, actually, you have to take an initiative to take interest. Um, that's that's the other one. And I would say, you know, the other the other thing that I've 
constantly figured out is that you have to continue your own growth. You know, mm. you have to make sure that you're growing your employees and your people yep. that are trusting your care, but you also have to make sure that you're growing and you have to be reading and you have to make the time for it. I mean, the last year, I think I've probably been working 10 to 12 hour days yep. and the weekends plus deployments. Plus I'm trying to do, you know, investment stuff on my own, you know, time. I mean, right. it's a constant struggle yep. and it's, it's more so of a struggle now for me to find time to read and stuff. And, and to work on that development than I did before when I worked on a, you know, fire station for 24 hour shifts. Yeah. Right. Looking in, in a ship. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you have to take the initiative for it. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Being intentional about your time and, and how you're reaching out to people instead of just keeping it to yourself. I know, I mean, we've talked about, or I've talked about before is community and how it's huge and being able to just, be there for one another and, and seeing those changes in either emotions or just yeah. expressions. But the big one you hit on is just the self-improvement. I think that's huge. And I've, I've come back to that so many times in, in things I've been reading and, and things I listen to um, other podcasts, video series, things like that. Like it's so important what we put into ourselves. Sure. Uh, so we're able to put out, I know just with my face and stuff, like hearing so many times in Sunday school and stuff, like, we're trying to help and love on other people so much that if we don't fill our cup, it becomes empty. Yeah. We're not really truly helping anyone else. And it just continues to drain us and drain us until we're dry. And you so know, a lot of that I think comes down to learning how to have boundaries and appropriate mm. boundaries, whether we're it's say no. Yeah. 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 And I mean, even like, you know, there's just certain things. Sometimes you have to put boundaries, even with family and yep. friends that, that are healthy. You, yeah. know, you have to determine what's, toxic in your life or who's toxic and you've got yep. to put appropriate boundaries otherwise you're just going to constantly be drained absolutely yeah and that's that's huge is and people i think again it's a cultural shift i think it used to be oh we can't be selfish that's selfish if we have time for ourselves or we're we should be but if again if we're giving everything we have to everyone else eventually something's got to give and it'll be us we're going to end up it's going to break us and and so yeah coming back to that self self-help self kind of fulfillment to to be better people um be pencil leaders um so we can reach out and really affect a change in the world i think is huge um yeah. and so that kind of how is what we are trying to end the show with is is kind of correlating back to the pencil leadership and the five traits of that um if you don't know what those are if you're new to the show they're in the description. They'll be on the website. You can check it out. But the first one we're kind of going to go over is just like a pencil. It can't work unless it's held by someone else. So throughout your life, have you had a couple mentors or catalysts, people who have really helped propel you to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. I've had, um, I've had a few good ones. Um, I think the bad ones are actually a little bit better. Yeah. Like it either crush you or you or you <laughs> learn more. But I've learned more from bad leaders than okay. I have from good leaders. Yeah. You know, um, obviously with, with some of the technology stuff now, we can have mentors that are virtual. You, yep. you can have people that you follow that are just positive influences. You know, I follow people, uh, a lot of people that I follow um, like online or social media or, or podcasts and stuff is, um, is financial. You know, okay. they're, they're yeah. Taco Pesh or Grant Cardone, you know, hey, Grant, yep. leadership guys. I follow a lot of those guys and that's where I learned a lot of my, my financial investments and nice. what I do. You know, um, I've had great leaders, um, just, you know, I've had some, some, um, 
great guys that I've worked with um, okay. that have that have been older guys that had kind of yep. took me because you know it, it's kind of a, a you know like a nurse eat nurse kind of thing doggy yeah. dog like it's that and so you get a lot of you know a lot of I, I see it all, all the time you see a lot of guys that are really ambitious and they're really gun ho and they just get crushed because they're mm. like you know you're doing too much you need to calm down you know right and then you get some that are like don't listen to these clowns do what you need do this do this do this and, and they actually propel you um and i think you know there there's probably a little too many names that i i mean i couldn't even list everybody uh, <laughs> by name and, and if i did they it, you know you, unless you knew who they were it wouldn't matter um but yeah a lot of positive influence but i've learned a lot more from the bad leaders and what yeah. they do than i have from the good ones and that kind of goes in the second thing like as a pencil to be able to be used correctly you have to sharpen it so you yeah. have that point and so we go through things that are uncomfortable they might hurt rough times that shape us and and better us in the future but at the time uh are not so easy to get get through or some of those leaders obviously is there anything else that sticks out to you that kind of was kind of painful but really helped you grow yeah i've learned um i've learned a lot about the grind okay you know? like yeah. putting nose to the grind and grinding yeah. every day and for me I, I do well on that kind of okay. I do well in the military with it. I did well, you know, and, and I even do it now. Like I, I get up at 4am and I go to the nice. gym and I hit it every day or at least now I'm going three times a day, but yeah. every time I go to the gym, I hit it and I hit it hard and I do it and I do better. And, you know, I do more weight tonight. And to me, that's just, it's, it's that grinding moment. It's where you're, you know, you, no matter what you're doing professionally, financially, you know, whatever, in the gym, it's kind of the equalizer for me. Um, that's still where you, you know, uh, I'll go to the gym, t-shirt, shorts, tennis shoes, and I grind as hard and I work and I work and I work. And then I go to work and I uh, put on a three piece suit and I sit in meetings and go through budgets and, you know, you know, so for me, that's kind of that, that's like, that's my work moment, but I have yeah. to incorporate that into my routine. Cause if yep. I don't, you get complacent or you get lazy or you make excuses. And so for me, I have to incorporate some of that hard grind into my daily life mm. just to keep me going, to keep me centered Absolutely. To keep me, and to keep that, you know, in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Adding, I mean, that almost like that good stress kind of people yeah. talk about into their keep you sharp. Absolutely. Um, and so the third one is, with pencils, there's erasers, obviously. So if you make a mistake, you can fix it. So has there been a time that you, and they're going to get transparent with you, have you made a mistake that um, oh, yeah. you're able to probably fix, but like you learn from it? Yeah. Obviously, we yeah. all make mistakes, but. A ton. Yeah. A ton. You know? <laughs> um, I always love, I always love the, the saying that in order to be, you know, old and wise, you have to be young and dumb. And I definitely, <laughs> I definitely live that to the max. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, no, growing up, I did a lot of things, uh, a lot of stupid things that I did, you know, young fireman, paramedic, I was real cocky and um, made some bad, some bad calls, you know, um, thought I knew what I was doing or thought I, you know, was making the right choice and turns yeah. out you're not, right. and you got to swallow that pride um, and you got to accept that. For sure. And uh, fortunately, I, I had one. It was a, it was an EMS run back when I was in Indy, and uh, it it was a minor thing. And I, you know, I, I played it off, and and, and I was thinking going too much details with it. But right. It was, you know, it was like a cardiac run. I was like, ah, you know, they're 
there's it's fine it's not a big deal and it, you know i ran the 12 we did all the tests everything i was supposed to do perfectly didn't catch a small detail that should have tricked my 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 thought process in. yeah um you know i i i took comfort in the fact of new knowing what i was doing mm. um and i did i just missed a small detail because of that and uh and i was wrong and they and they had a couple of doctors that informed me I was very wrong on yeah. that. And, um, you know, so now even like if I look at them on me, I, I reread it. I, I do it. When, when you, when you talk about like reading like a 12 lead or like an EKG strip, right. There's, there's a way you, mm. you don't just look at the image and look right. for you know, this, you know, certain lines. Yep. You, know, you actually, there's a method for measuring the size and the, the rhythm and, you know, durations and all that. And I didn't do that. I looked at uh... it and I was like, ah, normal sinus rhythm, you know, yeah. couple, uh, you know, out of P waves or whatever is fine. Right. And it didn't be a block. And fortunately it wasn't life threatening. Okay. Uh, at the time. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it, it just kind of, it kind of, you, you start to get brought you back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. just reset me. And so now every time I, anytime I look at it, and I don't even practice anymore, but anytime I look at a 12, I, I do the exact, like I go through the whole thing every time. Cause there's that one moment that I right. missed and that could have been bad. Yep. And you know, again, you miss those details. And oh then yeah. You can't do the small things, right. You can't do the big things. Right. So. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, definitely. And it's cool how thankfully that moment didn't turn out any worse than it did, but how it kind of brought you to be more detail oriented okay. and, and take your time a little bit. So that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad it turned out well for sure. Um, so yeah. And with that, like going through life, like we get, beat up mentally, physically, spiritually, however it is. So there's always signs of wear and tear. Same with a pencil use over time. It, I mean, gets nicks, it gets color coming off of it. You know, the eraser gets pretty low and, and sometimes dented. And, but the, the most important things inside is that lead that can mm -hmm. leave the mark. So what in your life is a value or a character trait that, that you really try to focus on or um, portray in your job that you won't waver from? Um, you, you know, it's, and kind of leading to what I start, a lot of it for me is humility. Yeah. You know, um, I, I've done very well for my age yeah. and I'm in a position that most people won't get to. Right. Um, and so for me, it's constantly just smiling, constantly getting to know people and just not letting it get, you know, to your head. Like yeah. it's just always humility and people can relate to that. They can mm. relate to somebody that's genuine and that will talk to them and take an interest in them. And people know, you know, people know when you're not being genuine, like they know yeah. when you're making small talk, you know, really sure. you know, um, so for me, that's one of my biggest things. Like I, I can take, I can take, you know, comfort in some of the skills and stuff that, but for me, it's just, it's maintaining, um, the humbleness, you know, maintaining right. humility and just, you know, not sometimes you just can't take yourself too seriously sometimes you have yeah. to laugh and when yeah. you speak something up and you have to do it in front of people to yeah. to to kind of allow them to know that you can joke about yourself a little bit if For you sure. make a mistake uh, i actually did one um yesterday even i had a <laughs> i had my core team in my room and there's five of us and we're, we're sitting there we're going through some some stuff and and i did something really stupid and i don't even know what it was and i was just like like i pointed it out and like <laughs> that's it's that's what I'm doing today. Yeah, nice. All right. And so, you know, they got a good laugh out of it, but you know, allow them to realize that. Yeah. 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 It just kind of, it helps loosen that, that environment, the culture up a little bit. 
That's awesome. Yeah, humility, I think, is huge. It just makes you more real to people. I mean, because yeah. we're all at different positions. Someone's always going to be better than us, but there's so many people looking towards us, whether we know it or not. And if they can see some sort of like, wow, he is like a normal guy. I mean, he yeah. might have a lot of financial success or career success or whatever it may be, but like, oh, wow, he just made fun of himself for tripping on that crack in the sidewalk you know so whatever it is like that's cool and it really brings us down to earth and uh helps a lot of people kind of learn better from us i think and so absolutely yeah and um so i think that's a huge huge one for sure um and so that inside that what what keeps us going what keeps us grounded i think is huge and and like a pencil though with the lead it's obviously there to leave a mark uh and so what would you say would be one positive way you want to leave the world better or leave a positive way to leave um a way to leave a positive mark on the world yeah you know i really don't know um that's one i've been i've been been trying to figure that one out myself anyways and you know there's there's a usual like yeah i want to be really good at what i do and i want to have a good name for it and i want to you know encourage other people to do it and and i guess for me um, probably one of the bigger ones is I just want to inspire people. Mm, like, yep. I, I had some, some people that kind of took, um, some mentors that really took, um, some leap of faith mm. in me and they really invested in me and they, they kind of went out on a limb and they had some courage to, to, to do that. Um, and you never forget them. Like yeah. those people have given me the shot that nobody else would. Um, you know, you, you have to get comfortable with rejection. I mean, that was something I struggled with kind of branching into this emergency management deal from, from the, from the public safety response side. Um, you know, it's very hard to get into. It's extremely competitive. And Hmm. I had a few individuals that, um, they just really, um, I I don't know, bad judgment. I don't know. They just gave me a shot, you know, They, (laughs) they gave me the opportunity and, uh, the tools to be successful. And, uh, I never let them down. Awesome. You know, that, that was my, that was my whole thing. I would never let him down and I still don't. And I still keep in contact with him. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just, you have to be able to build trust and people have to be able to trust you. Um, so, but you know, for me, those, those people gave me the opportunity and they gave me inspiration that I could do something with my life. Uh, and that's just something I want to be able to pass on. Yeah. You know, awesome. I think there's a lot of people that go through life riding the brakes, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're too afraid to take the chance. They don't make the move. They don't take the new job. They don't do the investment that everybody tells them they shouldn't do. Like they don't do the things cause they're, they're, they're afraid or they don't yeah. believe in themselves or they don't, you know, realize that, you know, even if you fail, you tried. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to die on my deathbed before I say, I wish I would have done something. Right. And if I want to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And I'm yeah. not going to go and say, I wish I would have taken that shot or I wish I would have tried or what I'm not doing that. And um, Absolutely. You know, I, think that, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's, that's great. And that's like, I'm right there with you. Like that's why I wanted to start pencil leadership and get this going and, and, and get my brand going to try to reach people with a motivation, with tools, with education that they can use and take out and improve their own lives, improve the yeah. lives of their families and, and, and see that, that impact ripple on. And so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great one. It's just kind of giving back like you want to do. That's so awesome. But, yeah. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today, man. I, I, I love it. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, no problem. We got some great information. I hope that everyone can take something from uh, today's talk. I think they can. Uh, absolutely. Um, again, we're, we're humbled and thankful for you to be here on the show. Um, look forward to how you're going to impact the world going on, man. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and are able to take something of value from it as well. If you did enjoy it, share the link on social media and tag Pencil Leadership or myself. Send me a message. Love to answer questions or take ideas for topics on how to improve the show. Also, be a difference in someone else's life today by texting them this link, sending them this link so they can reap the benefit of listening to all this information. We can all take this information and use it to be better pencil leaders to make a positive mark on the world. And if you could, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review um, and subscribe if you like the show. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much for the love and support by reviewing and subscribing. I hope you took good notes. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.